Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Kevin. And I'm John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of <laughs> Arnold. <laughs> Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Hey, John. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> hey, Whew. buddy. Bourbon is flowing in, my in Atlanta. Veins. That's right. It's coursing through my veins. We're celebrating living through the storm. The fish is in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> is that a euphemism? That's a euphemism. That's code. <laughs> the fish Seth. is in the oven, sir. The, the, oh, we'll the, just see what we see. The mackerel are in the net. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll just see what we'll see. The tuna is in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're back to talk a little more about Point Break. No, wait, uh, what under movie siege. is this? <laughs> oh shit! Is that wishful thinking? No, no, the, the oh, bourbon Gary is just kicked in. It was the Gary Busey connection. Just drinking this hill rock. You were thinking about how good Gary Busey is. That's an I easy am. mistake to make. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about um, Under Siege. Under Siege episode two. Yeah. Welcome well, all of our listeners. Yeah, all our thousands. Helen Mirren. Dame, Daniel Day, good to see you guys. Yes. Thanks so much for Frankie tuning in Munez. again. <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe. Really? Sure, why yeah, not? Probably. Aspirational. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> we hope. He'll be on next episode. Yeah, we hope that he and Brian Cranston are listening together. Yes. Reminiscing about Malcolm in the Middle Days. Um, but I uh, dig this movie. I grew up watching this one for sure. This was a blind taste test for you, though, so I'm yeah. into it. Yeah, I did not uh, grow up watching this one. I think by this time, I was like transitioning out of like the steady diet of action movies. Oh, really? Was, like moving up. Well, that's a shame. By 1992, I'm trying to think about. I was 10 years yeah, old. Yeah, you. That's, so I know that was like that right in the wheelhouse. wheelhouse. So I have no idea how this movie fell off. What, what was your rental spot? Uh, it had a well, name. It wasn't well, the, Blockbuster, In Jasper, right? Georgia, it was the Visitech. But by 1992, we would have just moved to Cumming. And in Cumming, it was the Blockbuster. Yeah. Not a movie gallery? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> we, we had a Hollywood video later. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which I also liked. I, like, imagine a world in which they were the, the demand to support, like, three different movie rental, like, big yeah. national chains. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had two in Cumming, and it was outlandish. Awesome. We were we were spoiled for choice. I feel like Under Siege was definitely like a a, a ten to twelve year old Kevin sleepover staple, like okay. at friends' houses. Yeah, I'm one. I'm like, if, like as far as language, my parents had a fixation on dirty language, and this movie doesn't have a lot of bad language. No, it's in nothing it. like Die Hard. I was like, there's no f bombs that I can think of to this point that I've there seen. There must in this movie. be a few, but yeah, it, but. It's not like we watched. <laughs> like my mom let us watch fucking like Nightmare on Elm Street and Ooh. and stuff like that. So super violent. Yeah, but if, if they're boobies or bad words, well, maybe they heard about the titties in this one. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's probably. We haven't quite exactly. gotten there yet, but we, we don't will. want our kids to acknowledge their <laughs> sexuality. We want to stifle that shit as long as possible. But anyway, what what has <laughs> happened in this movie up to this point? Um, Nothing. No. So we got the USS Missouri. It's a a battleship laden with weapons 
It is um, being decommissioned. It's being sailed from Hawaii to San Francisco. Um, there's yeah, like they're, a skeleton gonna... crew operating the ship. Right. Yeah. Uh, we got Captain, no, Chief Ryback. He's down below. Is like a cook. Yeah. He's serving as a cook. That's right. all we know that he is for now. He's um, played by Seagal. Uh, we got the captain's whatever. It's the captain's birthday, I guess. Yeah. Yep. There's some a helicopter, an unauthorized helicopter full of like. Yeah, Gary Busey has has set a plan to where this helicopter caterers and a band and a stripper right are coming to for the captain's birthday party right and that's it. Yeah, that's all that's happened. Yeah, and, and the, we know that there's some animosity between Ryback and the XO of the ship. Oh yeah, Gary Busey. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Ryback it, has been. Uh, he's run afoul of. Uh, Commander Krill, and and now he's, he's is, been locked in the meat yeah, locker because he was because he pushed uh, uh, an officer. Why are you pushing me? Or then he punched him in the face <laughs> and fucked him up. Why are you pushing me? Yeah. Why Why are you drew, pushing? He drew first blood. <laughs> Man, where's Brian Dennehy at? He should have. Damn, he could have killed been, it as Commander Krill or the captain. Yeah. Any elder, st- oh fucking that dude he was would, a. He wouldn't have been as like he would have brought some gravitas to this movie, massive big talent. time. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, our action picks up in the galley. Private Nash, the Marine who Krill left to guard Ryback in the meat locker, tells Ryback that he's under orders to not speak to him. In the in I, I left this out, but in the in the meat locker, we see Ryback like contorting himself to yeah. bring his handcuffs from behind his back to yeah. in front of him. I used to like practice that shit like, <laughs> you never I, know when you're when you're gonna need i to. was definitely convinced i would need to be able to do that at some point in my life like you hold your hands behind your back and you try to bring them around to right. the front yeah so yeah we cut inside the locker ryback tells nash that he's going to be held accountable eventually and that he needs to consider that but ryback tells nash that krill didn't say that he couldn't talk to the cabin and that he should go ask the cabin the captain. 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 Well, I am not drunk yet. Ask the captain what's up. So while he's talking, yeah, we also see the Ryback's like working his shackles from back to front by like slinging them over uh-huh. his feet. And yeah, I like, I feel like Jacob and I would try to do that shit and like see who could get out of prepared. our jump rope uh, manacles. He called uh, Nash a little E1 prick. Yeah. Which I was like, what is that? And I looked that up and that's like authentic lingo. Like yeah. that means the lowest level of enlisted man. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like E1 up to, and we'll get in, into this later, as it figures into guard duty, because I had a question about guard duty. Um, but yeah, as far as like what the the code listings are for enlisted That's men. like private first class, yeah. you know, Nash. So we cut to the captain's birthday party in the mess where people Dude. are drinking punch, Taylor's enjoying some apps, that and singer, other seamen are loving. That singer, the singer was fucking shredding, That dude. dude's voice is killer most talented terrorist for sure <laughs> like, and we true. never really see him again it's like that dude fucks he, he was, was destroying worlds it. that voice yeah Jesus his voice is Christ. unreal it's really good it's like it's like i love huey lewis but i yeah. think that dude's voice is better <laughs> elsewhere we see waiters bringing food to semen in the engine room which I'm, I'm not sure is allowed <laughs> no imagine a world in which a caterer and a Just tuxedo free roam, is wandering free, free through range. the bowels of a battleship with like a platter of hors d'oeuvres <laughs> pigs in a blanket <laughs> sir canapé excuse me sir the dude in charge down there he's like pouring motor oil into the boat he's like uh, canapé <laughs> get out of here that was the most chicagoist man that's ever lived that man <laughs> yeah. down there yeah the dude that's a, a Apparently in charge of the interview is like, ah, Twinkies, but where's Miss July? <laughs> yeah. like, hey, where's Miss July? Th- thanks for bringing down the hors d'oeuvres. Where's the the bears? Yeah, where are the bears at? So funny he should ask because at that moment, 
Stranix is introducing her to the boys in the mess. However, um, it's not Miss July at all, but Krill, <laughs> who comes in dancing in drag for reasons unknown. Some guys are loving it. Other guys are put off by it. I love when Krill leans into Stranix, and I keep wanting to call him Skrillex. So <laughs> Skrillex. bad. <laughs> but he leans into the mic and yells, Welcome to the revolution! And pets his face. That shit right there alone. Like, makes this movie worthy of the treatment. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, what the fuck? What was your... Were you prepared for that? No. I was like... Busey and drag? I immediately was like, why is this happening? Holy shit. I don't know why this is happening. So, uh, while Stranix raps to Mary Had a Little Lamb... Is that what it was? Yeah, he's a Mary Had a Little Lamb. He's making a gay joke about Mary being in drag. But it's like... They needed something that he could say, I guess, and know, like, off the cuff. But anyway, he's rapping to the words of Mary Had a Little Lamb. One of the officers says, maybe Krill isn't such an asshole after all. Um, Stranix tells Mary. Krill, Krill would have to be universally disliked on the ship. Yeah. For everyone else other than the captain is an underling to him. Uh-huh. For them to just openly be calling him an asshole yeah. amongst each other. Yeah. Like, everyone must hate him. Yeah, we. I don't get well. Even like earlier when he was telling the dude with the huge binoculars, then he walked by and told you missed a spot to this. Did he? I missed that. Yeah, he's like yelling at a dude. Nice. Yeah. So, dude, Busey was fucking going for it, man. Yeah. Well, that's That's Busey. That's Busey's. (laughs) I love that about him, though. So, Stranix tells Mary Krill that it's time to get to the old man, the captain, we guess, and he, she slash they go (laughs) caressing officers on the way out. Cole Meany, who by his tux looks like he's supposed to be head waiter or something, comes to escort Krill to the captain for some reason. Krill was like flashing his ass, like yeah. flashing his tidy whities as yeah. he was going up the stairs. So just then we see um, Tuco make his way <laughs> through the crowd to two of the Marines who earlier helped detain Ryback in the galley and ask, yeah. like, where's the chief? And they're, they tell him that Krill locked him in the meat locker until after the party. Ramirez points at Tuco, points out that it's, <laughs> it's 40 degrees in there. And one of the guys like, he'll be fine. He's got a guard. He'll be fine. He's got a guard. That, like, okay, I easy love voice it. modulation syndrome. I love uh, Tuco, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, that was fucking killer work to me from, yeah. from our, our Raymond Cruz. That line interests Tuco. It He's seems to interest Tuco to no end, and he turns to go. But down in the galley, Ryback's still trying to reason with Nash, saying that Krill's a maniac and that Nash should tell the captain that Krill uh, spit in the soup. Um, outside <laughs> the locker, we see the galley's filling with smoke. Nash tells Ryback something's wrong. Um, Ryback tells him to get my pies out of the oven again. The pie gag has <laughs> finally paid off. Yeah, and he does, and the pies are scorched. Um, back upstairs, the party's in full swing and includes some older vets who I guess were Missouri crew from bygone days. Yeah, I think they were like the WW2 crew. Yeah, but it's at this point that I was like, that dude in the van's voice is awesome. Yeah, dude, he was killing it. Um, also note that anytime we see Stranix, he's not playing the harmonica, but just kind of hyping the crowd. <laughs> I like it. He's the he's the hype man. He is the hype man. Anyway, we cut to Krill and Cole Meany arriving at the captain's quarters. Krill says it feels good to be walking around in panties. <laughs> that was the moment where they come to that guard, and I was like, is that Jake Busey? Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Really, because it does look like him, but it's nowhere to be found on IMDb, the so I'm voice, not sure. The voice doesn't quite sound like him, but um, but yeah, he does kind of, also his hat's kind of pulled down, so you can't really see. So yeah, yeah, the Marine guarding the door looks very amused at the sight of Krill and Drag. 
And so I noticed that like that dude's a sergeant. Watching this for the first time, I had a hard time believing that they'd have a sergeant on guard duty. Okay. But I looked it up, and apparently security duties are assigned from E1, which we've discussed E2, prick yeah. or whatever, you know, like way down on the on the in the food chain to E8, which is like gunnery sergeant or something like that. I feel so like, this yeah, dude's sergeant, a full sergeant is about as high as you can get as an enlisted man in yeah. the Marines. And this dude is a is a sergeant E5. So mea culpa movie. You were right <laughs> under siege. I really do. I don't know how. I don't know who he's working with, the technical advisor, but I think like the military politics of it all are spot on. I appreciate it because a lot of time it's like not the case in yeah. movies like this. It's like, well, we didn't do our homework and Fuck it. We don't care. So Krill tells the sergeant that they come to escort the captain to the party. The guy opens up, uh, announces Krill. Captain says, send him in. <laughs> the captain is just like, the fuck is this at the side of Krill in drag minus the wig, with a, but with a big cigar in his mouth. And um, Krill says, I'm your date tonight, captain. Fucking weird shit. So we cut back to the mess. The band's still playing the, sh- the song I Love You to Death. Stranix finally playing the harmonica again. At the end of the song, as the seamen cheer, Stranick asks the crowd, who is the highest ranking officer in the room? The crowd starts to gesture to a dude who's seated a little bit further back, I don't know, like 20 feet or so. It from seems the like stage. it's going to be some type of like game or something, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Like I'm going to like make him do something embarrassing or yeah. whatever, sing along. Pin the tail on the hooker. <laughs> um, so Stranix asks the guy to stand up and be recognized and tells the crowd to like clear out so he can see him. The spotlight shines on the guy who is. Um, rocking a full-on, f- like, the character Flat Top from Dick Tracy. One of the most unusually shaped heads I've ever seen. The white dude? Yeah. You're talking the, about, yeah, yeah. The dude. Yeah. I was like, his his head, he looks like <laughs> Flat Top from Dick Tracy. Yes. It's a very wide head. So Stranix asks, you're the highest-ranking officer in the room? And the guy says, that's right, and introduces himself as the operations officer, third in command on the ship. Stranix says, it's a pleasure to meet you, to meet you Commander Green. Um, no one said his name. Yes. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah. Stranix pulls a pistol and shoots no, the dude in the forehead. No, I think he was briefed. Yeah, well, I That's know like, that, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's weird. But like, he pulls a, a pistol out and shoots the dude in the forehead. Um, uh, anyway, before Commander Green's body hits the floor, all the caterers and musicians pull previously hidden weapons from places. Yes. Um, I, do. I love the thought that they found a squad of killer mercenaries that could really fucking shred. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're also a really good, like, rock blues band. Well, that makes you think, like, were they searching for terrorists who could shred or people who could shred who were willing to be terrorists? What, how much money could I pay you to learn how to use this firearm? Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it was like the signs on telephone poles where you peel the number off, you know? Can you looking can you, for mercenary slash bass player to join my band? Can slash, you shred and are willing to take over a battleship? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, because the band was sharp. Yeah, like, the band's great. <laughs> so suddenly, all the caterers and musicians whip machine guns out from various places. They knock out the guards, subdue the crowd. Up in the captain's quarters, I can't tell if the captain heard the gunfire. Seems like he would, or if he's just mystified by the goings on with Krill. But he's like. What's going? What's I'm Tom Shane. What's going on? <laughs> we'll leave the light on for you. Yeah. So Krill says the party's just beginning. Pulls out a pistol with a silencer out mm. of his pantyhose <laughs> and shoots the captain point blank in the chest. There's a terrible goof with a the cigar there. Oh, like I didn't when Krill catch it. says the line, 
there's no cigar in his mouth, but when he pulls the trigger, there's a cigar in his mouth. Shit. Mm. I was like, that's that's terrible editing. I feel like the immediate death of the captain was like a little bit of a shock. Yeah. He was like, oh shit, you would have thought oh, they'd take him hostage or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Um, so the guard at the door seems to hear the silenced gun <laughs> through the door. He throws open the door to check on the captain, starts to draw his own firearm, but Cole Meany, who is carrying a tray of hors d'oeuvres, yes. pulls his gun with a silencer and kills the poor sergeant. And Krill's like, whoa, good shot. And I mean, not really, because he was like maybe three feet away <laughs> shooting into the dude's like broad back. So anyway, whatever the larger plot is, the first phase, take over the boat, seems like pretty well in hand. Um, down in the mess, gunmen led by Stranix are getting all the semen under control. <laughs> Stranix pistol whips a dude and then steps on his neck. Down in the engine room, one of the caterers shoots the, the Chicago guy from earlier who was asking where Miss July yeah. was. Shoots him in the leg. <laughs> Cut over to the galley. Ryback hears the gunfire and asks Nash what's going on. Nash looks like he's unsure about anything at this point, but doesn't like tender an answer. Um, cut back to the captain's quarters. Uh, no, that's when he was like, I don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. Because there's nobody out here who's listening to you. La, la, la. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> so we cut back to the captain's quarters where Krill orders Colmini to, quote, take care of that, which prompts Colm to shoot the captain a mm, second time. Make and sure. I guess that the first shot to the heart wasn't enough to kill because uh, the captain does grunt as he gets shot that second time. It's like, <laughs> Oh, we'll leave the light on for him. Oh, God. Oh, oh. You've got a friend. In the You've got a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so back, back down in the mess, Stratix checks his watch, finds he's four minutes ahead of schedule. Damn, I'm good. Damn, I'm good. In the engine room, techs are hauling their CEO out at gunpoint. One of the baddies radios to Stranix saying, Mother Goose, Mother Goose, the quails are in the nest. <laughs> That's so weird. We cut back Why are to, they using coded I, language? I yeah, no one's listening. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the galley. Nash yells to Ryback that the sounds they're hearing are just the music from the party. Yeah. Ryback says, you got shit for, shit for brains, Private. That's definitely gunfire. Oh, that's that, where he says that the something name. is definitely going on, and that he should call the bridge. Nash is still defiant, though no kind of a good actor. Oh, oh, Ryback! Oh, <laughs> he says oh, with a chuckle. Oh, Ryback! <laughs> so down in the mess, the bad guys are hurting the seamen somewhere. At one point, one of the bad guys <laughs> tells another guy to seal a door with a blowtorch. In a stairwell, a featured baddie named Shadow mm. tells the captured men to keep their eyes on the man in front. One of the Marines jumps out of line and tries to, like, overtake Shadow, but Shadow, like, without problem, drops that dude and then shoots him a lot. <laughs> Did you recognize Shadow? I do recognize him, but I don't, like... He was he was Copeland in The Fugitive, like, the, okay. the dude, other dude who survived the train crash yeah. and uh, got had the gun to Newman's head yeah. later on when yeah, he got shot right, right by his ear or whatever. When yeah. they go visit his apartment. So This was crazy because... I, I was doing the research, and a, a ship like this, if it was fully staffed, would be like 2,000 men on board, or 2,000 sailors. So I don't know how small the skeleton Seaman. crew is. Seamen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's not a time of war, and they're just taking it back to be to Yeah, they probably put as few people on as possible just to get they it back They don't want to waste those precious, precious taxpayer dollars. That precious seamen. That precious seamen. Oh. <laughs> So from atop the stairs, Stranix shoots another sailor in the head just because. You're right. And tells the other captives to let it be a learning experience. If you resist, 
We will kill you and the men next to you. Now move out of here in an orderly fashion. Now! That was intense. Yeah, weird cut to the exterior of the ship where some bad guys are getting ready to repel. From one level to another, <laughs> where then, were they repelling? They climbed. Why were they? Why they were they re- to the top of the ship do, do, to do, propel do, do, do. Down, to repel these, down? And we have to think that these are waiters. <laughs> yeah, they set down their trays of hors d'oeuvres and canapes or ate them, and then we're like, time to repel down. <laughs> so then we're back inside where we see all the seamen and marines have been moved to one area and get sealed in the room. The forecastle. Yeah, the spelled forecastle, pronounced forecastle. Forecastle. So that yeah, that's in in the English British English tradition of pronouncing words with more letters, like they have far fewer letters than they have. That's like Worcester Mass or, and all or that. Southwark, which is per, Suff- which is was Suff- uh, spelled Southwark, but pronounced <laughs> Southwark. Okay. So, um, yeah. So back outside, a sentry gets picked off by a guy atop the ship's main tower. That seemed like a hell of a shot, like from way up there. Dead eye. Yeah. Um, the body falling seems to get the attention of another officer on the bridge, we guess, who somehow hasn't heard any of the gunfire elsewhere, but walks out like, what the hell? Several bad guys start to, like, all, like 15 guys rappel down now. It's like, it's like everyone has it's set insane. up there, and no one's belaying. Everyone's just rappelling. It's that shit from uh, Blues Brothers? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So the confused officers captured by Cole Meany. The bad guys also capture what looks like a radio operator. Um, and then four other guys repel in. There's lots of repelling. <laughs> right before the next cut, one. They had to. We have to appreciate the fact they had to climb all the way <laughs> yeah. to the top. Yeah. They had to climb past several the stairs deck that they were repelling down past to. Other sailors or seamen. They walked um, right past the point that they were rappelling down yeah, to. Yeah, like, why not just stay there and pull your gun? <laughs> but anyway, right before the next cut, uh, one guy with a gun, one of the terrorists, does this weird, like, herky-jerky pivot around and just looks dead into the camera. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. You know. No, no, no. <laughs> we didn't have time. We couldn't go back and get this. So back in the captain's quarters, Krill, still in drag, has let himself into a safe, pulls out a box, that I thought immediately, I was like, is that a floppy disk thing or something? It seemed but like it's, a little... It's like a like a container of some kind, but it looked like a rigid like case for a floppy you disk. You would open it up, I feel like, and there's stuff inside, yeah. it, like disks inside. But it's labeled NavSatcom, which oh, working okay. in the in the government services world, like like nav, navigation satellite communications. Or, so do you plug that thing right into something and then... Well, if, the, if this is in 1992, it would make sense that that's a disc of some kind that you would then put in. And, and my thought was like immediately, like having the ability to pause and look at the label, I was like, oh, well, there are coordinates or codes or something on there. Okay. And then he also starts riffling through a file labeled officer service record. Um, Stranix and Shadow have come in. Krill chucks the little nav satcom box at Stranix. The vicious throw and an awesome catch. Did you notice there was also like a weird cabinet full of like silverware? Silver. Like silver, like like tea service and stuff. Like, or trophies from Wimbledon or some shit. I was like, what is all, like, why is this in here? You didn't know the captain had won the British Open. (laughs) His senior, four senior British Open winner. (laughs) So Krill resumes uh, going through the file, asking, where is it? Where is it? But then immediately finds it and says, listen to the shit I've had to put up with and begins to read from the captain's log. 
The past few weeks, Commander Krill has become increasingly hostile to the crew, possibly due to the anger over my last reviews of his performance. I recommend that he be given a psychological evaluation before taking over his next assignment. He slams the papers on the desk and asks if he, the man currently with <laughs> fake boobs and a panty on his head, looks like he needs a psyche eval. Stranix, who's been listening with like subtle amusement, says, not at all. Not at all. And then checks his watch again. <laughs> Amazing delivery oh, yeah. from, from Tommy Lee Jones and Busey. Yeah, it's just like, the two of them. I was like, Not I wish all. that they were in several movies together. Yeah, they have great chemistry. Um, Krill whips the panty off his head, says he needs to change clothes. Cut to seconds later, Krill now in uniform Stranix. They're coming up to the bridge. They're followed by a Weasley looking guy carrying some kind of gear case like a yeah. briefcase or something. He's got glasses on, so you know he's like the tech he's dude. He's the Theo of this, yes, of this version Theo. of Die Hard. Die Hard. So Krill enters the bridge, draws his weapon, and he and his goons start to round up the guys driving the boat. And this is where I was like, so wait, Cole Meany and others just got a few of the guys, but the guys doing the actual driving haven't been captured? It's or very are unclear. There like, are any of these guys wise to the fact that bad guys have... Like taking they seem control. To be, they they seem, didn't hear the gunfire. They seem to be completely unaware that anything has been going on. This is so stupid because the guy that was like ostensibly in charge has been captured without any of them noticing and was just like right outside of the open door. Yeah, it's odd. I don't know if this was. Where'd re- he go? Well, that guy captured re-edited out of order or something. But yeah, it's, it's odd. Dumb. This is a dumb, a dumb sequence of events. But anyway, it happens again. Yeah. Krill tells them that they're being taken to the forecastle, yeah. and that if they cooperate, no one will be harmed. Presuming the other seamen are all in the forecastle, is there another door that hasn't been welded shut? Because <laughs> they already welded those dudes in There's there. that hatch on top that okay, we see so later, We'll just maybe. assume that there is We're going to feed them hatch, down through the hatch on top. And then we'll weld that shut. Okay, so anyway, the bad guys then move on to the next important room, which is the navigation room. Where, Full of another squad where, yeah, of dudes. A whole squad of guys that have also not been hipped to the fact that terrorists have taken the ship. But anyway, the bad guys bust in, start to clear guys out. While that's going on, Weasel Guy comes in, opens up the case, and we see it's like a portable workstation with a screen, a I phone, love- a trackball mouse, and a <laughs> bunch of switches and shit. I love that Stranix was like really just bullying and berating this one particular sailor. He's like, you're not going to give me any problems, are you, motherfucker? Oh, you're a cheeky little bastard, aren't you? And it was like... Tommy Lee was like, guaranteed improvising. He was making that. a meal of it. Yeah, yeah, he was like just chewing it up. I love that he was like into it, though, because he's not like someone you consider to be an action star no. or anything like that. But he was like going for the gusto, but he's, he's a professional. He's like... Once they're all cleared out, he's like, my God, what a bunch of wusses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so once the seamen are all herded out, it's Colm, Stranix, Krill, and Weasel left. Stranix gives the Weasel guy, Mr. Pitt, the NavSatcom <laughs> yes. box. He calls it the disc and tells him to guard it with his life. So I wasn't far off. I've, I felt gratified knowing Absolutely. I wasn't far off thinking it was a floppy or some floppies. So then um, Stranix asks Pitt to bring up the layout of the Missouri on the monitors. And it's from this moment that the power dynamic shifts completely, and we get that Stranix is the guy. He is the head honcho in charge of this rogue group. Um, Pitt says, we've overridden all the ship's systems. Cole Meany gives the rundown on all the rooms that they control and says they've welded shut the port and starboard crosshatches. Krill says that there may be a few crew left in quarters or in non-essential areas, but that they can't go anywhere now. 
Cole Meany says everyone else is in the folksle. Cole, sh- Cole Meany has changed from his tuxedo yeah. into like his terrorist turtleneck. Yeah. That he's wearing. And he's terrorist like, turtleneck ought to be a thing if it's not. Like some someone needs to market my terrorist turtleneck. Yeah, a turtleneck J, and, a, your and J blazer crew, on. It was your, amazing. Your J. Crew or Yves Saint Laurent <laughs> terrorist turtleneck. I was blazer. digging it, dude. Yeah, his look is killer. He's very he's like the sophisticated one. Absolutely. He's the European of the group. Yeah, so Stranix is pleased at all of this and orders Pitt to reactivate the weapon systems and tells Cole Meany to send out their welders to quote unquote chop up Broadway, which we don't know what that quite means yet. So Stranix then promotes Krill to captain, which <laughs> Krill gets very hard about, and then yells <laughs> that he needs to he needs something to eat. And then he seems to have a sinking spell or flash of pain or discomfort or something. He's yeah, like, like feeling his head. The and blood like, sugar had been dropping or something. He's probably been hopped up on adrenaline. And maybe that was a Tommy Lee thing. He's like if you're on adrenaline for that long and you've got a moment to come down, you crash under huge stress yeah. too. Like, so yeah. we cut back down to the galley. Nash, gun drawn, finally opens the door to the meat locker. Tells Ryback that Krill warned. He's like, Krill warned me that you were tricky. Ryback <laughs> says, "Private, I'm not tricky. I'm just freezing." So he insists again that something's going on and that Nash needs to call the bridge. That no one's going to yell at him for doing his job right. by checking, and that he should get. Like, get on it right away. And Nash is like, okay. Do you get the impression that Ryback is fully aware that something real is happening? I think that he knows the sound of a gunshot, for sure. sure. And that and that there have been enough red herrings. Him being locked up in the in the cooler, for one thing, I think is, a, like, not a red herring. A red flag, excuse me. Yeah. Like, that's an issue. That's not protocol. I think that the captain brought Ryback on the ship to be his fucking personal protector. That's yeah. is what I think. Oh, because you haven't finished the movie no. yet? No, no clue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so you don't know what the nope. relationship between Ryback and the captain first, is? Nope, not oh, one clue. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Um, I thought the fact that like that Ryback warned Nash to be careful. Yeah. Like made me think that he really does believe some shit's happening on this. Like, be careful when you call up. Like, yeah, that's that's some, what I some I, shit's I, popping off here. That's what I got. I, the thought that I got was that Ryback knows from being a. I, you know, I got the feeling just what I knew from the movie that he was not what he, he's not just a cook. Of he's course. not a fish out of water. He's something more than he seems. Or the this movie would say, "Goddamn, cooks a seal!" Right. So, so Nash finally acquiesces, but he says, "All I'm going to do is check in." So Ryback says, "You know, do it and be careful." Nash quickly shuts the door again. Cut back to the navigation room where Stranix is slicing up <laughs> with like a fucking like butter knife. Some prime rib and toss. He tosses a thin, like nasty looking, like sheet of beef at Shadow. Shadow, Shadow just like Shadow undeterred, just starts like mowing down on it. That was weird. I feel like it was like a master, like tossing scraps of like meat to his wild dog. Oh, totally, you know? totally. Like, yeah, it's, that was the, it's what they were going set, for. Setting the power. Like, imagine he's like, who wants me to carve them a scrap? Who wants some? No, he's like, who wants mid rare? <laughs> Who wants rare? So a goon runs up and tells the honchos that they've got a call from a private Nash on guard duty in the kitchen. Krill somehow has forgotten about Ryback, who he made a massive deal out of detaining like just a couple hours ago. He He's crazy. Yeah, Krill's he is crazy. Krill is out of his nut. So Cole Meany tells Pitt to pull it up on the monitors. They see that the gallery is unsecured and provides access to the whole ship. You left out the fact... 
Me, Cole Meany's got a flute of champagne. Yeah, they're, they're all drinking. They're, yeah, they're drinking bubbly, which I, I love. He's getting Cole, shitty. Cole Meany is my kind of terrorist. That would That's be me. Amazing. That would be me. I'd just be like over there getting shit canned on champagne. <laughs> he's got the proper champagne flute. Yeah. That killed me. I love like, it. The dudes are fucking partying. Yeah, yeah. So Krill, looking pained like he forgot to move clothes over the dryer, says, oh, it's Ryback. So Stranick says the name kind of like a question, but to a first-time watcher, it appeared to me that maybe there was a hint of recognition, but the more that I've watched the movie, I get that there's not... That Wait, Stranix, who had the hint Stranix, of... when Stranick says Ryback. Ah, so you haven't like, made it farther yet. No. Okay. I was just like... No it spoilers. Seemed, it seems no to me that like Stranix recognized the name. Don't we'll say talk anything. About it. Yeah. We'll talk about yeah. it later. So Krill says... That, Strand, uh, that Ryback is a pain, pain in the ass cook, and that that's really all he apparently knows about Ryback. He asks for the phone, thanks Nash for checking in, and says he wants him to keep Ryback under control and that he is not to open the door. Stranix ominously tells Krill to also tell Nash that they're going to send someone down to relieve him. We know what that means. Yeah, we're going to fucking kill you. So Nash asks if everything is all right that they heard something that sounded like gunshots. <laughs> but Krill's like, gunshots? Oh, that. That was party poppers, uh, fireworks, just part of the festivities, and that Nash should just sit tight until relieved. Is everything all right, sir? We heard some something what sounded like gunshots. What sounded like. <laughs> so, is, wait, is party poppers a phrase you've ever heard before? Uh, party yeah, poppers. I think so, yeah. Like the things that you pull, you pull them apart, okay. like a popping sound. Sure, I was I like... Think that the, I think that the lingo is... Um, Different, like they call them crackers, I think, in other like in the great in Great Britain, yeah, I think sure, they call yeah. party poppers like crackers. Okay, and you pull them apart, and they do make a noise, and streamers and confetti and shit fall out and drive people like me crazy. <laughs> um, so they hang up. Krill smacks his hand on the table, super frustrated that he forgot about this one very important detail that he was obsessed about about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, Stranix asks if there's anything else he's not talking. Any further memory lapses or oversight, perhaps? Tommy Lee is just the dialogue that they wrote for Tommy Lee. I wonder if he was like, let's revisit this because any further memory lapses or oversights, perhaps the dynamic, just watching Busey and Tommy Lee Jones work together was great. No, there's no further memory lapses or oversights, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, awesome. I loved yeah. it. It was great yeah. with yeah. those two. Krill says it's nothing, just two men, one who's locked up and then he'll take care of it. And he like makes to leave. But then, um, Stranix says, you know, we've got guys to take care of this. He orders shadow, to send a couple of guys to secure the galley. Krill points out that Nash is armed and that more muscle should go. So he vol- he's like, I want to go. Like He's got a death wish. He's tapping himself hard on the chest with his own pistol I that he go. just cocked. I want to go, Dad. <laughs> um, Stranick says, don't worry. My guys are professionals who can handle 20 Marines and 100 cooks while was, chawing on some prime rib. That was great delivery. They can handle 20 Marines and 100 cooks. Yeah. That fucking killer. So... Yeah, we cut down to the galley where Nash is, again, mid-argument with Ryback. He tells Ryback <laughs> that the sounds they hear, it's just party poppers, Ryback. <laughs> That's the line I told you has been stuck in my head for, like, weeks now since I rewatched the movie. <laughs> You're wrong, Ryback. You're wrong. I got told it was party poppers. Those were party poppers. <laughs> okay. You're wrong. <laughs> so Ryback tells Nash, again, that he's got shit for brains and that even though they've brainwashed him at boot camp, that sometimes you got to question authority. Ryback says... You should trust me. The noise was gunfire, and that. It, but then he says, "If you let me out, I'll take you." Know, yeah, and so I'll shoot you myself. I'll shoot you myself. Well, which is like, like it's like you're sending mixed not, messages that's here. That's not persuasive. <laughs> so just then, Nash hears a metallic thud somewhere. Hmm. He's like, "Krill, is that you, Commander Krill?" 
Behind him, we see a blurred-out mercenary interframe pointing a gun at Nash and creeping toward him. Just as Nash turns to see the guy, a second guy with a gun pops out. They order him to put his hands on his head and get down. They disarm him and ask where the cook is. Nash motions with his head that he's in the, the fridge. The reefer. The reefer. They back away and then just blow him away. Poor Nash. Yeah. They remove the honing steel from the lock, quickly fling the door open and open fire into the fridge, but Ryback ain't there, so <laughs> that, it would seem. That one dude was just going to town on the jars of mayonnaise yeah. or tartar sauce or he whatever the fuck dairy. it was. He hates these cans. He hates dairy. So a vent in the ceiling swings open, hits one of the guys in the face. <laughs> then Ryback, What was that hatch? It, it wasn't there the whole fucking time? I mean, I don't know. It must not have been a way to escape necessarily maybe it's just where like the the a cold air event the cold or something? air motor is up there no clue but then ryback swings down kicks the other guy runs out of the fridge closes and bars the door i appreciate the fact that ryback at least had the decency to check nash for a pulse yeah, before rummaging around for the keys to the cuffs i got no keys for these cuffs i got no keys for these cuffs meanwhile the mercenaries are shooting the shit out of the fridge lock Ryback finds the keys, runs, and I guess cuts power to the galley. Or I thought he turned the lights off, but anyway, there's all these like amber, the power's cut lights. Yeah, off. it was like, like, I think he flipped a, a breaker or something. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the goons kick the door open in unison, split up to search. In among the dish racks, Ryback removes his cup, his cuffs, and his chef's jacket and starts creeping around the kitchen behind shelves. He worms his way over to the knife that he threw into the cutting board or whatever that was earlier and slings it at one of the gunmen, like hitting him in the throat. Dude falls without a sound. Sweet kill. Yeah. He very po- cool. He punctured the uh, the voice box. That's right. <laughs> well, the voice box, the jugular. It's like it All was, of it. It was a one-trick shot. So the second gunman's trying to fight. He's like, hey, hey, where are you? But Ryback gets the jump on him. They wrestle for the gun. Shots go off. Ryback throws the guy over the counter. Um... The guy gets up with a sidearm drawn. Ryback grabs grabs him. There's more grappling, more shots going off. Ryback, again, which all kinds of questions about how acoustics works work on a ship because sometimes you can hear everything and other times you can't hear a gun go off or a boom box. You're saying elsewhere in the ship they should yeah, have heard like gunfire happening? This. I guess they knew he was. they were supposed to be killing people down there. Yeah, maybe. 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 So uh, Ryback tosses the guy into a shelf full of dishes, which causes the gun to fly out of his hand. Um, with his free hand, I mean, immediately the gun flies out and the dude immediately reaches. Like I, I watched the shot, like hand flies up. He reaches like in the same motion, reaches down and pulls the knife. Okay. So, I mean, it's like blinking, you'll miss it. Um, but Ryback gets a hold of the knife arm, presses his other big meaty arm across the dude's <laughs> windpipe and forces him down. He gives one last big push and we hear the dude's windpipe crunch. Is that what he did there? And he did. He, okay, like, it was not a it with neck, his it was like a crushed yeah. throat. Ugh. Gross. So Ryback removes one of the guy's gear harnesses, then walks over to the counter, puts a piece of steel wool in a coffee cup, dumps some sherry or cooking wine in what looks like yeah. some distilled white vinegar in I the cup. I can tell what that was. Like a, it could have been like, it could have been some sort of an alcohol, like a rubbing alcohol or would, I, something I imagine we used in to a clean. kitchen that's like white vinegar, probably. Because white Is vinegar. Is that so flammable? I don't know if vinegar is flammable or not. Sherry is. Sherry, yeah, yeah. sure. But I wasn't sure if they could have like some something they used that, to clean like, the blades. White, and white stuff. vinegar is what you pour in for like science experiment that it can cause like okay. mix with other chemicals. It can cause like a We're chemical gonna, reaction. That like, I want to trust the writers that yeah, they know what this that shit they knew is. what was going on. 
but I think especially if you throw that in a microwave, which he does, the then he knows that gonna, that's going to cause it's yeah. going to cause an excite like excite the molecule so much that it would cause an explosion. But anyway, yeah, the steel wool in the microwave would be enough to cause a fire. But I think he's going for something bigger. But he. With, since the power is out, he just sticks the cocktail in the microwave, turns the knob, thinking that later on people are going to come down here and restore power. Oh, yeah, power. he knows what he's doing. So, yeah, I got that. Like, as a first-time viewer, I was like, I'm proud of myself for knowing that that's what's happening. So, back in the navigation room, Cole Meany still drinking <laughs> champagne, which I love. That's I love that, dude. He was getting shitty up there, and yeah. I love that for him. One of the bad guys, um, radar operators, announces that they've got an F-18 close by now. He Pit- said they're looking for the helicopter. Yeah. So I'm like, is that so? Did they know that there was a helicopter coming, or was there an unauthorized I'm, helicopter? I'm wondering if um, whoever sent the helicopter, whoever organized that, like if if the the bad guys organized that helicopter via a third party. If someone was like, "I'm missing a chopper," yeah, like called it in, and and they were like, "Oh, we got to go look for it." It was it was going so to like the it Missouri. Might be lost at sea or something. Yeah, it was going to the Missouri. Yeah. We need you to go look for it. That was that was the vibe that I got. It's also crazy to me that it's like 30 years on from this movie, and F-18 is still like the yeah. the plane the that plane. they're flying. Yeah. So Pitt says the F-18 is looking for the helicopter. Cole Meany picks up his champagne <laughs> chilling <laughs> chilling bucket to study the radar. He just studies that radar. Yeah. Cut to some hmm. B-roll of a jet and the pilot in the cockpit. There's some more studying of charts on Cole Meany's part to try and sell the fact that he knows what's up. Yes, um, he's just looking meanwhile, at shit. Ryback who we were told earlier had free reign of the whole ship from the galley, has gone directly to the captain's quarters. Sure. He sees the captain's body, which has been unceremoniously dumped into the floor from its earlier resting place on the couch. Bro, this is where the music was terrible. Like the yeah. glaring sort of synth score. It like sucked. synth horns. It, it was, was like terrible. It's like a low-budget type yeah. movie. It was very cheap all of a sudden. Um, Ryback, in a gesture of respect, drapes his buddy the captain's jacket over the body. Then he looks really pissed off to pissed off to no end and seems to look right up at the camera before we cut to a shot of the F-18 flying low over the Missouri. Um, all the big bads, most with champagne glasses in hand, have come out to, to watch on the deck to watch the flyby. We hear the pilot say that he don't see no helicopter anywhere, but he's just going in for a closer look. <laughs> I love that. How much closer can you get, like, dude? I mean, I'm going in for a closer. Are you going to throw a champagne glass and I'm hit a, that jet? I'm going to crash my jet <laughs> into this ship. Stradix sh- seems to shake his head in disbelief and then starts like chuckling to himself. The pilot tries to hail the Missouri, but instead of an answer, we see Pitt in the nav room flip a switch, flip a bird, and he says, goodbye. <laughs> the array makes a sound like an alarm. An alarm goes off in the cockpit, and the pilot's like, uh, are you tracking me? And they're like, uh, negative. Negative. Then we see one of the ship's guns swivel and hear the sound that everyone who's ever seen Top Gun knows means that someone has a target lock. Yeah, man. So the pilot says, with no great concern in his voice, you've locked me up. You've locked me up. Mayday. Mayday. <laughs> someone direct that man. Like, I would have been filling the cockpit up with shit. Like, I would have been having a full-on panic. You've locked me up. Mayday. Mayday. Anyway, the ship opens fire, destroys the jet. The bad guys along the railing recoil at the blast. But as as Jimi Hendrix's voodoo child cranks up and Krill starts to whoop and holler, we get a shot that I absolutely love of Stranix, like looking bemused and sort of like, it looks like he's bobbing his head to the beat. Was that before the big toast or after the big toast? It's before. But like Tommy Lee's just looking like, fuck yeah, I did that. Badass. It's badass. The firepower of that gun is incredible. Yeah. I, yeah. 
So Krill raises his glass in salute and says again, welcome to the revolution. Only Given this time it's a toast. Great crazy face yeah. from Busey. And he pounded the entire yeah, so glass yeah, of he's champagne. He's stranding some Cole Meany clink glasses and drink up. Like Coleman and, and Krill clean their glasses, but Strandix like drinks about half of it and then says to Shadow, they better call the office, smiles real big, and then leads his men into the command center. We close with some aerials of the Missouri at sea at night. It seems that the bad guys have indeed f- like finished this first part of their yeah. plan, but Kevin and listeners, <laughs> little do they know that there's a poison pill. A fly, a fly in the fly ointment, in the, the a monkey in the, the wrench, monkey in the wrench. He's working down. below decks. Absolutely. What's going to happen? I don't know. Check us out next week. We're going to find out. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs>